Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. County and I drive the main road searching in the sun for another overload. I hear you singing in the wire. I can hear you through the Joining us right now is the composer of that song and so many others, um, Up, Up, and Away, Galveston, By the Time I Get to Phoenix, Didn't We, uh, Jimmy Webb, uh, has won just about everything that you could win as one of the most extraordinarily talented songwriters of any generation in American music. He was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 1986. He's received the National Academy of Songwriters Lifetime Achievement Award in 1993. He's the only artist ever to receive Grammy Awards for music lyrics and orchestrations. Not only do we know him by his extraordinary collaboration with Glenn Campbell, but covers of his songs have been done by Frank Sinatra, Linda Ronstadt, Simon Garfunkel, just about everybody in every genre that you can think of. And not only that, but he has had extraordinary critical acclaim for five solo albums that he's created since 1993. He'll be singing from some of those and talking about his life and music on Thursday night at the Richfield Playhouse in what is bound to be a sold-out, standing-room-only concert, and I'm going to be there. Uh, Jimmy Webb, I cannot tell you what a thrill it is for me to speaking for me to be speaking to you today on the show. Hello and welcome. Hello. Well, well, hi, Lisa. I don't know whether I deserve that scintillating uh, uh, introduction or not. I'm a little bit. Uh, it was all uh, true. Oh, what shucks, are you talking about? You know, I didn't even exaggerate. I didn't even exaggerate. <laughs> not even. I, you know something? Can I call you Jimmy? You're going to call me Lisa. May yeah, I call yes, you Jimmy? yes, you can. So, Jimmy. Um, 
I have um, only a few vinyl albums left from my youth. I was born in 60. And the ones that I kept were my Glenn Campbell albums. And I have a record player. And on Saturdays and Sundays, I put on the record player. And of all the music of my life, the ones that I choose to listen to are your songs. Well, thank you so much for that. You know what? I I have a record player, too. (laughs) Do you? Do you use use it? Yeah? Use I, I use it pretty, pretty regular, yeah, to play old old records. Um, yeah. You know, play things that I that I that I really like. It, it's amazing. We, we we do we have the same hobbies already. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I, <laughs> I just love it. And you know, uh, where's the playground, Susie? I, you know, how do you come up with? And you write the songs, you write the music and the lyrics, right? I mean, that's you write both of them, right? I'm guilty. I'm, you are. I'm guilty. Guilty as charged. Um, yeah, I, you know, uh, how, how do I come up with it? I I started playing the piano when I was six years old. My mother put me on the piano bench, and she wanted me to become the piano player at the Baptist church where my father was a minister. And uh, I I spent a lot of time indoors when the other kids were out playing baseball and football and stuff like that. She was pretty, pretty rigorous about the training. But when I was around 12 years old, living in Oklahoma city, I, um, I started writing my first songs and I was really just imitating songs that I heard on the radio. And I, I wasn't supposed to be doing this at all because my father thought that uh, rock and roll was like evil um, and I'm going to have to put my cat, get my cat out of the room. Go, go. Okay. It's okay. Uh, we, we love, we love cats. Or else we're going to have a cat a serenade. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I started writing when I was a little kid and I honestly don't remember when I didn't know how to put together some kind of a song. Um, and in my teens, I began to compare my songs to the ones I heard on the radio and, and they seemed to stand up favorably, and, and that's when I sort of announced to my father, the minister and the ex-Marine, that I was going to become a songwriter. And he was, like, absolutely floored, and this was not the future he had in mind for me at all. He said, uh, the songwriting thing is just going to break your heart, Jimmy, and he was absolutely right, as, as, as always. But uh, that's that's how it all got started. Did he encourage you anyway? Well, after I had a couple of hit records, and he after he started hearing my songs on the radio, he sort of did a turnaround. He sort of walked that back a little bit, you know. So, well, maybe you know, maybe it's not just going to break your heart, you know. And you know, pretty soon he was working for me in my record in my publishing really? company. Really? Yeah, he he discovered he actually discovered Tanya Tucker when she was 13 years old. Come on. And my father was the kind of a person and he's very well remembered in the record community as a, as a real straight arrow, a real good guy, which he was. And he told Tanya and her parents uh, he heard this amazing tape. I mean, she was amazing at 13. And he just looked at him very calmly and said, Tanya, he said, you're a very good singer, but I think you should go back to school and get your 
and get your diploma before you get in this business. And I don't think there was anybody in Hollywood who would have done that except my father. And, and did of course, she? They didn't. Did she listen to they, him? Did she listen? No, to him? no. They went. I think by the time she was fifteen, she had she had signed a record deal somewhere. But you know, I think my father was trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, you know, he said, "Come back and see me." You know, when you're, you know, when you when you have have your uh, diploma. Which had and so yeah, he was he was a guitar player. Uh, my mother played the accordion. We we sang all the time around the house, and uh, unfortunately, she passed when I was 16 years old, and that oh, no. that was kind of the catalyst that propelled me into the real world because my we were living in California, and my father headed back to Hulk. He was crushed. Uh, you know, she was 36 years old. Oh, oh my God. Um, so cancer? he was crushed Why did she and die? he went back. How did she die? Uh, uh, oh, well, you know, I, and thank you for asking. Um, you know, my mother uh, had a brain tumor and it was, it, it was at a, an era in medical history when they really didn't know quite what to do with a brain tumor. Oh. Uh, and it was discovered late, I think. And from uh, she got, she was dizzy, she had trouble seeing, and so she was diagnosed as having a, a, a tumor, and she, and five weeks later she was gone. Oh my god! So it, this was like a nuclear explosion in our family. But had it not happened that way, as tragic and and awful as that is, I'm not sure I would have struck out at such a young age to, you know, become a songwriter, to become, to make my own way in the world. Um, and, but that's exactly what I did. I said, you know, dad, I'm, I'm not going back to Oklahoma. I love Oklahoma, but I'm not going back, uh, because, you know, I know for a fact that an hour's drive from here, Glenn Campbell's in the studio making an album right now. And I had wanted to write songs for Glenn since I was 14. I heard his, uh, I heard his uh, record "Turn Around, Look at Me," which was actually a song written by Jerry Capehart. Uh, I always try to credit the guys when I can, because songwriters seem to really live in the shadow of the artists who do their songs. But. Um, this guy, Jerry Capehart, turned out a heck, heck of a song, Turn Around, Look at Me. Mm-hmm. And it was a hit for Glenn. But he still hadn't broken... He hadn't broken big into the, the pop world until we started kind of putting our records out. Your collaboration with Glenn Campbell, I was talking earlier in the show, was sort of like Dionne Warwick with Burke Bacharach. You know, it was that kind of... It was that kind of simpatico in sync where whatever you wrote on the page, Jimmy Webb, somehow when Glenn Campbell brought it to life, you know, it inhabited another world of its own. It was just a collaboration of talent, just beyond. beyond. Uh, A lot of what I I talk about in the show that I'm doing, uh, you know, in Connecticut, um, is a tribute to Glenn and, and to the kind of, 
extraordinary friendship that we had that transcended politics and and uh you know it, it, it transcended styles of music i was really interested in rock and roll i wanted to be in a big band uh he was you know a sort of a country singer even though um he didn't he never used steel guitars or or you know obvious country country tropes he never used them on his records but he clearly he was thought of as kind of a country singer i was more interested in the rolling stones and the beatles uh and he was 10 years older than me which seemed like an eternity then mm-hmm. as we got older that that time gap narrowed obviously and you know, by the time you're in your 40s and 50s, you, it doesn't seem significant. But when I was when I was 16, he was 26. Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty big gap when you're a teenager. I thought he was an old guy, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, the the fact that he was a, 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 a I don't want to say a rabid Republican that would be probably not cool. Uh, so I'll say you know a staunch Republican. Um, and, you know, kind of hung out with Bob Hope and, and John Wayne and, and sort of iconic Republican figures and conservative politics and played golf, which I would never play golf unless I would never, you would never catch me with a golf club in my hand unless there was a dead reptile close by. (laughs) Uh, but, um, Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. You know, so we were so different in so many ways, and yet, in the middle of all that, there was this playing field where we both recognized each other's ability and admired, and and sought counsel, as it were. Uh, we both loved chords. We both loved melodies, and I think he was very glad to find me. And boy, you know, I was very glad to find him because I, you wouldn't be interested in talking with me if I hadn't found him uh, because he really set the stage for my career and enabled me to, to work with other people. But, uh, you know, he became my, he was my first love and, you know, I, I, I knew him for 50 years, and I, I went through the – Laura and I, my wife, who is a kind of a local 
legend for her work at PBS, Channel 21. She's Laura Savini. Um, she and I both went through the Alzheimer's thing with uh, Kim Campbell and the and the kids, Ashley, Shannon, Cal. Uh, our kids grew up together. So I mean, when Glenn, when Glenn departed in a way, and Kim used to call it the long goodbye. I mean, it's an indescribable experience. And I'm sure there are those out there who commiserate and know exactly what I'm talking about. But it's it, it's very strange because to lose someone to Alzheimer's is not like losing someone in a car accident or a plane crash or a, or even in a, a, a to a conventional disease to COVID or or whatever it might be. It's this this is slow motion, long term thing that goes through so many stages and so many uh and is so demanding yeah. um that uh, you know I, I i'm i'm here to give a shout out to all the caregivers out there who are involved in with alzheimer's patients because they are the real heroes yeah uh this is like a it is you know this is a tremendous uh thing to to go through as a as a partner to watch this happen, just to be helpless and watch this happen. Yeah. Uh, but on a brighter note, yep. Glenn took Alzheimer's by the throat and said, you know, I'm going, uh, They the day they diagnosed him, they said, well, we think, Mr. Campbell, we think you have all, Alzheimer's. He said, they they were they sat around the kitchen table and and discussed what this meant and Glenn said well I'm not finished yet he said I want to, I'm going on the road I'm going to make an album you know and I mean he didn't even hesitate he just picked up his guitar and charged ahead and I believe behaved very heroically uh, I would say that to anybody and. I'm just about getting a fight over it. He he behaved heroically in the last two years of his life, uh, and I have. There's all that. kinds of reasons why I say that, but I don't I don't want to go too deeply into it. He, I I just admired him so much, and so I felt like I needed to do this this mixed media show, which is fairly complicated and expensive, and involves computers and. Uh, projectors and videos and things and, but I'm I'm able to do duets with Glenn on stage and do all these magical kind of wonderful things I'm looking forward to the show we're chatting with Jimmy Webb uh, you know I, I there's no reason why you should know this unless you looked me up before you got on the air with me but I'm a probate judge Jimmy and so probate, um, well, probate yeah. And so probate judges. Your um, Honor. <laughs> no, but no, that's not why I'm telling you that. I'm telling you that because because in Connecticut, what I do is a lot of work with people with Alzheimer's disease. Oh, I see. And yeah. I'm in nursing homes all the time, and I'm presiding over conservatorships for people, and I'm scrutinizing spending of money by people who, you know, are unable to scrutinize it themselves anymore. And so, um, I'm very aware. And what we do, what we do a lot on our show, it's a different conversation, but 
we try and educate people because of the stages of Alzheimer's. Most people think it's an all or nothing thing. It isn't that at all. There, there are right. many different stages and phases. And a lot of time in between, you know, you can grab the person again. But it's a heartbreaking thing because if you don't have memory in common with someone, you feel like you don't, you don't know each other anymore. And that's, I think, the greatest heartbreak. I think that's really what it is. Well, I think that's, you know, another uh, uh, way that Glenn and I were sort of tied to each other uh, in in something that really beyond ordinary friendship. On some level, our souls were were really resonated together because towards the fourth stage, you know, the end – when a lot of the uh, recognition factor has gone and and a lot of the overall memory is just beginning to fade, um, Glenn still remembered and could do those songs that I wrote. That's amazing. And that's amazing. He uh, he would uh, the the doctors, you know, they they were pretty pretty amazed by the fact that. At this stage of in, in this horrible disease, at this stage, he could still pick up his guitar and play a song. That's <laughs> and incredible. He he wasn't on the road anymore, but I'm just talking about around the house. Right. He would pick up the guitar and play the most extraordinary like licks up and all over the place, up and down. And then he would put the guitar down and just walk away from it. Uh, hey, Jimmy, I want to ask you something. I got to ask you something because yeah. we're going to run out of time on the radio. And I have a lot of listeners who've been, you know, texting me. They want me to ask you this. They want me to ask you that. Okay. Okay. Wichita Lineman, one listener wants to know, how did you come up with this line? And I need you more than want you. And I want you for all time. Well, uh, God gave it to me. Uh, you know, a lot of times I'm just a dumb, you know, guy at the piano just, uh, stumbling around waiting for ideas. And sometimes I'm lucky enough that I say, you know, dear Lord, please send me a line for this song because I can't can't think of anything. And sometimes something just pops into my head and there seemed to be a certain rhythm to that. Really, uh, when I wrote it, I didn't think much about it. Uh, It was another song. It was another line and another song. And it seemed to have the right weight. I was looking for something really important because I was looking for something uh, with some weight to end the song with. And I need you more. And the Wichita lineman is still on the line, which is, doesn't even rhyme, but I still needed that kind of important (laughs) conclusion to say, no, the lineman is still here. He still loves you. He's still, uh, you know, um, and so it was, Thinking about the character himself, the guy I was writing about was an ordinary man thinking some extraordinary thoughts, as Billy Joel said. He It brought a tear to my eye when he said that because that's pretty close to what I was writing about. But the line itself, it came just out of the thin air. I, I can't say that I thought about it very much, to be honest with you. Did you, Jimmy Webb, when you think about writing a song, are you also thinking about the orchestration of it? Because, you know, that da-da, you know, that that beauty, you know, in other words, the way the song unfolds and the beauty of the song, 
when you're writing the music and lyrics, are you hearing that instrument with the instruments? Well, I, you know, I have a Grammy award for orchestration. I, I, I hear orchestras in my head. And, uh, as a matter of fact, it, this, it, it your question gives me an opportunity to credit Al Delore, who was the real arranger on those songs, who was a wonderful, he was, he was the Burt Bacharach in, in, in our, our triad because he, he sort of created Glenn's sound the way Burt did with his orchestra. And uh, I think, yes, I contributed a bit to that. Uh, Marty Pache also worked with Glenn a little bit, and, and I learned a lot from Marty Pache about orchestration. But, yes, I hear, I hear orchestra in my head as clearly as I can hear you now. I mean, I hear French horns playing lines, and, and you know, that's just I go soaring off in that direction. I love classical music, and I try to bring it to the pop, you know, genre uh, as much as I could, especially when I was in my formative years. I thought, oh, God, they're going to let me play with these orchestras. <laughs> Jimmy, <laughs> I have to say goodbye to you. To I, could, I could talk to you for two hours, but I'm on live radio. <laughs> I have to say goodbye. I've already skipped a commercial break because I don't care about it. I'd rather talk to you. Um, Lisa, you're a, you're, you're, you're a darling, and... Uh, your honor, and I, 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 maybe someday we can talk again. Well, I'd like to meet you backstage on Thursday. I'm going to switch around my Abs- calendar to come. Absolutely. I, I'm going to make sure you have an all-access pass. Thank you. I really want to do that. <laughs> okay. And and really, uh, we have a few pair of tickets we're going to give away on tomorrow's show. Uh, Jimmy Webb, thank you for your genius. Thank you for, I cannot tell you how many hours how many hours I have sat in reverie listening to your songs and you have somehow reassembled my world. I want to thank you. Well, I'm, I'm glad that in some small way, if I've helped, I'm, then I'm very grateful. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you, Lisa. Pleasure. God Jimmy bless. Webb on the Lisa Wexler Show, and we'll be back tomorrow. Senator Joe Lieberman will be with us tomorrow, a host of great guests and conversations don't forget Paul Paselli from 2 to 6. If you missed any part of the show, we'll have it up on podcast very soon. I'm Lisa Wexler here on WICC. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. 
not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com. 